Welcome to Monday through Friday, Cellular Agriculture for a Pandemic-Free Future. My name is George Ortega. This is episode number 38, and I'm recording it on Thursday, August 27th at 10.53 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, I want to try to be positive during this um, presentation, present a picture of how we can create a much more wonderful world by transitioning from farming animals to cellular agriculture. Before that, I do that, I just want to present two kinds of um, two facts, I guess. One that I learned today, the other is, you know, I just want to recap what I said yesterday, really. Um, I was on a YouTube, Facebook seminar with Dr. Greger earlier today, Dr. Uh, Michael Greger. He's an expert in, in pandemics. He's written um, a book called Bird Flu, and his most recent one is called How to Prevent, um, How to Survive a Pandemic. He's testified before Congress. He's basically been, you know, telling us for decades that this is going to happen and we should prepare. Um, so let me just share the screen, though. I want to I want to share my screen, and and so like you know, again for the, the people who are listening to this on. Um, on a podcast, you know, in iTunes or Spotify or one of the other platforms, um, you're not going to be missing anything because I'm, I'm going to just be saying what, what people are seeing. So this is the video, and in, it's about an hour long. He basically goes through the history of, of how domestication, you know, um, hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, um, domestication of cows, chickens, goats, sheep, um, horses, just um, resulted in all, in all these pandemics we know today. Um, so the, the, the title of the video is called Pandemics, History, and Prevention. And again, it's about an hour long. It's, it's on YouTube. And he published this himself. His, organ, his website is called nutritionfacts.org. Now, Dr. Greger is a true humanitarian. He, he basically... Um, he gives all the profits away from his books and from his work to charity. You know, he's, he's, he's doing this for the good of it. So, you know, I have a great deal of admiration for him. So, so check this video out to, to get, you know, really kind of much more of a detailed scientific uh, understanding of what, what's happening than, um, than I've been presenting. And uh, so, so yeah, now um, what he said, you know, what he said earlier tonight on this um, on this talk, you know, um, YouTube, Facebook talk, you know, according to the CDC, our, our next, you know, risk of a pandemic is a kind of a bird flu, you know, a, a hundred times more deadly than this coronavirus. It kills forty percent of its victims rather than. Um, rather than about one or two. Um, if, if I just said that it is like so late, I, I've just had a really, really long day. It's been a good day, but I think I may have repeated myself, whatever. All right, uh, one other thing I wanna share, because the other thing is like, I tried this twice as my third take on this. So I know I said it two times, I don't know if I said it three. All right, I wanted to share my screen again to just um, show you this graph, this table that I created right before yesterday's episode. And if you're on, you know, 
YouTube, I, I mean, iTunes or Spotify with the audio version. You're not going to miss anything on this either because I'm going to, you know, this is a number of common era epidemics by millennium, century, decade, and year. And you'll see during the first, first 15, first, first 1300 years, okay, from zero, 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 you know, the you know, day one of this, the first millennium before, you know, of the common era to uh, 1300, there were only, actually we can go to 1500, there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, okay, eleven epidemics, you know, in a in thousand five hundred years. And then, you know, the um the the epidemics start increasing from fifteen hundred to sixteen hundred. Um, you have eleven in that century alone. And that was of course because of, you know, um the um, the prevalence of of you know explorations you know they're exploring the new world from Europe and they discovered America and you know all this so so you know as I showed you yesterday you know the 1600s had 24 pandemics the 1700s had 33 I mean epidemics it's an important distinction the um, 1800s had 55 okay now now then you know you see the rest of the figures. But what I want to just um, point your attention to is then that this 100 years between 1800 and 1900, we have 55 pandemics. Now look here from 2000 to 2010, one decade, two decades ago, we have 40. Okay, and uh, let's add this up again: four, nine, uh, 13, 18, 28. 28 um, this last decade. And, you know, it, it, um, it's expected to, um, to get worse as, as our population grows. It's going to go from about 7.5 billion today to about 9.5 to 10 billion by 2050. Um, our airline travel, there is about 4 billion, four billion passenger flights every year, you know, that'll probably, you know, go up um, by each decade, you know, into the future. So the point being that, um, that yeah, these, these pandemics are not one, one in 100 year events. They're, they're, they're developing with increasing frequency and increasing sometimes strength, um, lethality. All right, so let's, but, you know, I understand that, that it's important for you to hear that, you know, so you see, so you can understand the threat, so you can appreciate the threat, you know, um, it's a threat comparable to, uh, in a certain sense, climate change, and then the other major threat we have um, is antibiotic resistance. Uh, we rely on our antibiotics to um, protect us. To, you know, when we have operation surgery and all it's a standard procedure to, to use antibiotics. Um, the problem is here in the United States, 80% of the antibiotics we use are used in, uh, in factory farming. And um, the problem with that is that the bacteria are developing antibiotic resistance. They're mutating, protecting themselves, so the antibiotics we have been using, a lot of them don't work anymore. And 
again, 80% of, of our use in Lyme, you know, they're, they're overprescribed in medicine for human beings, but, um, but the fact that 80% of them are, are used in, in animal farms because the, the, the conditions are so unsanitary, that, that tells you a lot. And, you know, the takeaway from, from all this, of course, is that if we're going to have a reasonable chance, and, you know, what we can um, really achieve is not just a reasonable chance, but a really, really good chance, a 95% chance plus, perhaps 99 plus percent chance, um, we're going to have to end the farming of animals, you know. Um, and so let's, let's start from there. I mean, like, let's start with what a gift that would be to our children. You know, we, um, we don't have the will yet to properly fight climate change. So what we're handing our children is really, you know, a devastating future. But let's, maybe we can turn that around. You know, um, the climate change fight, we're gonna be in for decades, okay? Um, we have to stop emitting as much climate, um, greenhouse gases, hopefully sequester some of the carbon dioxide that's out there, some of the methane, and, um, and just, you know, transition to, uh, to clean energy, to, um, you know, become carbon neutral and just actually, you know, use, you know, stop using fossil fuels, stop using greenhouse gases, right? Um, so, but, all right, but that would take, that's expected to take, um, decades, whereas what I'm proposing, what this, this series is proposing, can take as few as like three years. And you know, I've gone through this, you know, I've, I've explained how, you know, the, the fastest that a vaccine had ever been brought to market and used was in response to the 1957 pandemic, and it took them four years. And, and you know, ordinarily it takes 10, 20, 30 years, we still don't have a, a vaccine for HIV AIDS. And so as we're seeing, um, you know, the Russians and the Chinese are fast-tracking their research. So they're, they're bypassing the uh, stage three uh, clinical trials, which, you know, many doctors are, are warning is, is not wise. But between that and, and just investing, you know, the funds and then these pharmaceuticals investing the time and resources to find the vaccine, you know, there's, there's over, I think there's way over 100 um, candidates or, you know, companies trying to do this, we will probably have a vaccine within a year or a year and a half, instead of four years or 10 or 20. So the point being, if we can do that, um, develop a vaccine so quickly just by, by pumping money into it, which is essentially what we're doing, just by having the will to do it, then certainly the, the challenges that um, face our scientists, our biologists, with respect to scaling up cellular agriculture, so instead of growing meat in labs and petri dishes, just proving the con concept now and you know, basically showing that it works in labs, scaling it up to, um, to where we can produce millions of pounds of, of chicken, beef, pork, fish, 
in a way that um, not only is completely harmless to animals, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a godsend, but it keeps us virtually completely free of pandemics. And, and if we can do that, you know, we can do that in three years. The, the challenges to do that are far, far less great. And so, you know, what I've been advocating is, is $50 billion to be released, you know, the, um, <clears throat> during Biden's first term, his first year, so that in three years, you know, we can, we can have the, this done. Now imagine, let's, let's, I mean, you have to think of, in order to appreciate how wonderful this would be, you have to appreciate what we would have to do to have it happen. Okay, in terms of like the technology, they have to like figure out, you know, basically the, m much of the challenge is to bring the process down in cost so that the prices are comparable to the meat and dairy and eggs we now buy in supermarkets that come from animals. Um, so there's um, what's known as scaffolding challenges and there's media challenges. The media is like the food that they, they feed these cells so they continue to replicate and multiply and, and grow and that's how we create this meat. Um, so, those are some of the challenges. And then, um, then the other challenges, you know, those are biological. And, and you know, my point is we can do those probably here in the United States or, you know, in the rich countries, you know, we can, we can meet those challenges in, in two, two, three years, you know. Again, pumping $50 billion into it, you know, getting a lot of young, really bright biologists and <laughs> engineers and um, chemists, you know, working on this. You know, showing them the, showing them the importance of this to the world, inspiring them to to get involved in this. Um, so, but that's just one part of it. You know, imagine the other part of it. So you know, here's the you know, and I've I've said this before. In order to be free of pandemics in the future, like we want to be, you know, when you, I guarantee that you know, a year from now, when people you know, see the devastation this has caused. You know, the, the uh, Congressional Budget Office <laughs> estimates it's gonna cost us $8 trillion. You know, and again, the, the, that 50 billion I'm suggesting we spend is just one half, 1% 1 of that. So when people put everything together, consider this, this damage, they're really going to want, especially business people, some kind of assurance, the industries and um, the restaurant industry, the travel industry, you know, um, they're going to want as much of an assurance as they can get that, you know, that they don't spend five years investing a lot of money in, let's say, these new companies, these new businesses. And so many businesses are going bankrupt and out of business now. You know, they, they, want, they will want some assurance <laughs> that this isn't going to happen again. And so, yeah, the only assurance we can give them is to transition from farming animals to cellular agriculture. And my point here is that it will have to involve every country in the world, rich, middle-income, and poor. So, so, so again, think of, think, of, think of the effort that will be involved, the cooperation, probably through the United Nations. That's what the United Nations does. It basically... Um, motivates and, and, um, and um, provides the, the infrastructure, the, the, the institutions 
to bring the world together on the world's problems rather than on individual problems of various nations, um, that will be a monumental undertaking. You know, every country in the world is going to have to be on board with this. And so again, imagine we'll have done this in three years. So we'll have gotten the cooperation of every country. And with the poor countries, yes, we rich countries who have more money than we know what to do with a lot, a lot of times, you know, notwithstanding what our politicians sometimes um, try to tell us. Um, yes, we would absolutely help them to build the factories, to get them going, which would be a plus for us also, because to the extent we can do that and they can like, because many of these poor countries can't afford to eat meat now. You know, they, um, that's one of the reasons that there, there's malnutrition and, you know, um, you know for children under five, they, they die at a rate of almost 10 million a, a year, you know, not just because of um, poor nutrition, but not enough medicine. Um, but anyway, the, the point is that Yes, this, this is what we will be doing. This is what we will have done in three years if we pump $50 billion into this new industry starting in February, March. You know, and, and I'm not saying release it, you know, let's say $10 billion um, this year, another $10 billion next year. I'm talking about the entire $50 billion, just like, you know, we did for the stimulus packages where we spent... Um, over two trillion, probably close to three, three, and again, you know, probably be spending more than that before this is done. So think about it. Think about what that will look like. The people, because there are some people in the world who um, who have been for decades resisting this kind of global cooperation, this kind of global coming together. Their arguments are going to be overridden. And that includes, you know, these quote unquote rogue nations like um, North Korea, you know, um, pretty much we'll find a way to get everyone on board because it's going to be in their interest also, you know. Um, so imagine we get this done, the, di the diplomacy, the, uh, the economic uh, funding of it, the, you know, the politics, we get this done and in three years, you know, we can like, our scientists can tell us that, you know, there are virtually no outbreaks happening in the world, you know, because like again, these outbreaks generally happen for three reasons, that the farming, not just factory farming, but also um, family farming, you know, and the farming includes the wet markets, you know, livestock. Um, what we will also have to do is um, another, part of this threat comes from encroaching on the rainforests and the, the, the wilderness. You know, we'll have to probably manage that much better because that's another major um, contributor to this. But, you know, we do that. And again, so the, the, um, the infectious disease experts tell us that, and I'm, I'm, I've got to do some research. I've got, I'll, I'll you know, hopefully soon um, have figures on not how many epidemics we've had each year and each decade and century and millennium, but how many outbreaks we have each year, because I have a feeling the number is, you know, um, a bit scary. We, you know, people don't realize we, we had uh, an outbreak here in the United States in one of the Carolinas on a pig farm 
um, earlier this year that they had to slaughter 30,000 pigs to contain that. And any one of these outbreaks can, um, can travel you know, can, can turn into an epidemic, which can turn into pandemic. So like, you know, it's like we're playing Russian roulette the way it is now. We don't want to do that. So, so we get this done, you know, three years from now, um, people are sighing a huge sigh of relief, you know, finally. Um, and maybe, just maybe because of that, because we will have shown ourselves what we can do when we set our minds to it, just like the Manhattan Project. The Manhattan Project, as you may recall, was our, our American effort to, um, to create a nuclear bomb. And, 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 you know, it wasn't a worldwide effort, but we, we employed about 130,000 people toward that effort. And it was really, you know, it was done in, in a matter of a year or two, you know, very, very fast-tracked. Um, so this would be a global Manhattan Project not just the United States, the entire country getting together on this. So imagine, imagine what our world will look like, you know, month after month with reporters reporting, not just, not the conflict between countries, not the bad news that they, they so ordinarily, you know, pummel us with, what, what, what's wrong with the world, but how the world is becoming much, much cooperative, much, much better at solving our problems. So. So we're experiencing this, you know, month after month for the next couple of years, two, three years. And, uh, and you, you, have to, you have to consider that as we're going through that process, we are coming to understand how very powerful we are collectively, how much we can do that in the past we didn't think we could do. You know, it, it will restore for us hope, great hope, that we don't have to fear the future as our scientists do now, especially because of climate change and antibiotic resistance and these pandemics. You know, we, it will give our world this shot of enthusiasm, shot of optimism that is, that is sorely needed. And, um, you know, that, that, Again, that could be the, just the beginning. This, this could be how we show the world what we can do when we set not just our minds to this, but our hearts to this. Remember, this is about ending a, uh, an institution, this factory farming institution that seems easily more horrible than what happened in the Holocaust or during slavery. And again, if you doubt that, if, if, if someone were to ask you, well, you have a choice between being in, in one of those three situations, I guarantee you, you wouldn't pick being in an animal farm. You know, it, it's, a, it's a horrible, you know, practice. So imagine how good people will feel about ending that. Um, it will inspire people to, to take on climate change, to take on, you know, education and malnutrition and income inequality and you know all these other problems that we have that that you know so many quote-unquote experts tell us are not manageable now you know th those kind of arguments just would not resonate very uh, very well once you know as we're putting together this effort to to end pandemics virtually end them you know it, um, the news reporters will say well you know 10 years ago 
what we've been doing would have been unthinkable. You know, yet we're doing it, we're, we're succeeding with it, and uh, let's say it's 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 going you know faster than than scheduled. You know, so I think we need to um, to approach this not just from you know it's like the carrot and the stick, not just from the threat that really it's you know the epidemiologists tell us it's not a matter of if but when you know the threat of the next next pandemic or even the, the fear you know i mean because like we either we either live in fear of the next pandemic and that can't feel that good especially for business people or we live experiencing the next pandemic okay and it's just not you know it's not it's not a, a world we want to live in so so yes, that's that's the the carrot. I mean, that's the stick of it. Sorry, um, and 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 the carrot is that you know let's not you know we don't have to look at that you know from the threat perspective um, completely all the time. Just let's 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 see the positivity that can be created. Again, the the, the basic theme is so many people will say to you, "This can't be done. This can't be done." When it when it comes to you know, countries of the world cooperating to, to, to end poverty, to end conflict, military conflict, you know. I mean, there's, there's a lot of problems we have, you know. And people, you know, people say, oh, no, we, we don't have that level of cooperation. Well, this project, within a few short years, can show the world that, yes, we do. We have created this level of cooperation. We can create a model where we expand it beyond preventing pandemics because every country in the world will know that it's in their best interest to participate in this and of course we're going to have to do this you know it's interesting because this is like a um a dress rehearsal for addressing climate change you know the experts say yeah we we can't address climate change you know it's not going to happen it's it's like you know it's over that's what many experts tell us it's just that you know, we can't contain it anymore we can't mitigate it anymore it's just a matter of addressing it just you know trying to alleviate it so perhaps we can prove them wrong because like you know basically they're making their assessments on a business as usual scenario um so all right let's now all right again your job will be to um to do the research and talk to people, talk to politicians, especially. Let's let's get this this effort into the um, into these elections. Let's make both parties. The Republicans are by far the worst on this, but the Democrats really aren't that good either. You have to, you know, otherwise the, the conditions wouldn't be, you know, as bad as they are, and nobody's talking about it. You know, so let's let's get this into this, you know, as 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 an issue in this election. Let's get this done. All right, I've got about a minute left. So again, catch this every Monday through Friday on White Plains Community Media Channel 76. And I, I want to mention that if you get Channel 45 Verizon, you know, this is also shown in Scarsdale and Hartsdale and Ardsley and, you know, Tarrytown, other area communities through Verizon. Okay, so it's, it's around Westchester. And uh, but otherwise, you can catch the video episodes on YouTube. I upload them all to YouTube. And as of uh, several days ago, they're on Spotify as audio versions and on YouTube, YouTube uh, no, excuse me, on iTunes and other you know, podcast platforms. 
So, all right. So again, now my job will be to better create a positive scenario for this. I'm running out of time. Thanks for watching and I'll see you again Monday, God willing.